I V M. Welcome to All Things Policy, a daily podcast supported by Pragati, a flagship media initiative of the Dakshashila Institution. We're a bunch of policy nerds based in Bengaluru, and we like to bring a fresh perspective to Indian affairs and an Indian perspective to global affairs. So grab a cup of coffee, sit back, and join us for today's chat. Hi everyone, welcome to another exciting episode of All Things Policy. Today we thought we'll shift the discussion away from humans and talk about cheetahs instead. I'm Rohan Pai. and i work as an assistant program manager at takshila institution and i'm your host for today we have a guest speaker from atri ananya rao hi ananya hi rohan it's good to be here thank you for having me yeah this is the second time you're here so glad to have you featuring again so like i said we're going to be talking about cheetahs today and if you guys have been looking at any of the news of late you would have seen that there's a plan to reintroduce cheetahs in india so i'm just going to give you all a little bit of context about exactly what we're talking about so in july an mou was signed between the indian and namibian government to bring in eight cheetahs from namibia to india they are expected to arrive in kuno national park in madhya pradesh on september 17th and the plan is to release the cheetahs in a 500 hectare electrically fenced area in kuno to be kept under observation for a month for diseases and then they'll be opened up to the larger 115000 hectare sanctuary and to zoom out in 5 to 6 years the country plans to import and locate 50 to 60 cheetahs in half a dozen reserves and parks across the country and then move the animals around for genetic and demographic diversity it is uh, estimated that the project would cost around rupees 300 crores but uh, these figures are yet to be confirmed so this is the basic context of what uh, we're expecting to happen in the next two days i would like to bring in ananya here on this point and my first question to you ananya is what exactly is the government aiming to do by reintroducing cheetahs in india and what is the rationale behind this okay so essentially the project has one main goal which is to establish a viable meta population of cheetahs in india which will allow the cheetahs to perform their role of being a top predator and to expand in numbers within geographical range that they earlier inhabited so for context cheetahs once did exist in india in large numbers but by 1952 they were officially declared to be extinct so the first goal of the project would be one to bring them back into india and to establish a population of cheetahs in the country and the second goal following from this would be to conserve the ecosystems that the cheetahs inhabit which primarily are grasslands so the goal in saving the cheetah is that we can establish it as an umbrella species through which we would be able to save all the species that it preys on as well as the habitat that it lives in which is mainly grasslands shrubs and open forests so it's also important to keep in mind that these cheetahs are a different genetic strand than the indian cheetahs that once existed but are now extinct and the justification for bringing in these cheetahs from southern africa is that these particular cheetahs they have 
the maximum genetic diversity among currently existing species. And this should help set up a good founding population stock over here. And the government is also confident that there is enough food for them over here in Kuno. And if not, there are also some plans supposedly to bring in Cheetal from Penj National Park. So with all of these, essentially, the government is trying to reintroduce a species that once existed but is now extinct. And with that, to conserve the associated habitats and species with the cheetah. Okay, that's a good broad overview to start with. So I think before we get into the meat of this, I just want to give a brief history of cheetahs in India, right? So the cheetahs went extinct in 1952, but right from the Mughal times, uh, cheetahs were known to be common hunting companions. Akbar was actually known to have had thousand trained cheetahs. And after that, uh, many of the Indian royals, princely states had tamed cheetahs to tag along with them when they went out hunting. Fast forward to after independence, we have M.K. Ranjit Singh Jhala, who was India's first wildlife director. He also drafted the Wildlife Protection Act in 1972 and chaired the Wildlife Trust of India. So in the 70s, he was a man who convinced Indira Gandhi to initiate talks with Iran because Iran actually housed the Asiatic cheetah then. So this was around 20 years after the cheetah had gone extinct in India. And he was keen on reintroducing cheetahs in India then itself. So he had convinced Indira Gandhi to, you know, have talks with Iran and bring the Asiatic cheetah, which was present in Iran, back to India. And this did not go through, unfortunately, because of the political conditions in India. As we all know, in the 1970s, we had the emergency. And um, unfortunately, two years after that came the Iranian revolution. So the US-aligned Iranian government was overthrown to form the Islamic Republic of Iran. And that just caused complete diversion away from the plans of bringing cheetahs back. But this cheetah passion project, if I can call it, uh, has been going on since then. And finally, again, somewhere in 2009, I believe, Environment Minister then, Jairam Ramesh, rekindled the whole cheetah diplomacy. And this time, Iran actually refused to send over cheetahs from Iran to India because uh, the cheetah was an endangered species then and they did not want to have any less cheetahs than what they did at that point in time. And then actually in 2013, when the matters had escalated, even Supreme Court rejected the Jairam Mesh's plea to get uh, African cheetahs in India, which was what his plan was after. So the history has always been that there have been many people who have been passionate to bring back cheetahs in India, but this has not happened. So in that context, I would like to ask you my next question. So now, in 2022, after this MOU has been signed, many wildlife conservationists in India are against the introduction of African cheetahs. So what are some of the prominent reasons they list for why cheetahs should not be introduced here? Yeah, this is really important to discuss in the context of this reintroduction program because there are many strong critiques against the program and many arguments given against it. So one of the main critiques of this project is that this current program, like it's been outlined in the action plan that was released in uh, January of this year, I think, this program will not actually be able to meet the stated goals of the government itself. So 
there are two goals of the government to break it down very simply one they want to reestablish the cheetah population in india and establish them as an umbrella species which can then allow for the conservation of other species and two they want to conserve the ecosystems or the habitats that the cheetahs inhabit so ravi chalam who is the coordinator of the biodiversity collaborative and is one of the foremost scientists who's arguing against reintroduction in india has actually written some very compelling articles to prove his point and please do check them out if anyone is interested so he makes this point that the projected number at the end of this project is just a few dozen and it's at sites that require intensive and constant management and supervision so it cannot actually perform the function of being the umbrella species at such a small scale and in this current plan only kunu is listed as a potential site where reintroduction is happening and according to estimates it can house a maximum of about 36 cheetahs and this isn't even big enough to be self sustaining so neither will it establish it as an umbrella species so that it can help conserve other species and it won't even contribute to cheetah conservation itself because it's not big enough a number to be self sustaining and the second point of the government was to conserve the ecosystem right so people are pointing out that why should we be investing so much in a new species when indigenous species can play the same role of conserving the ecosystem so for example the wolf or the great indian bustard are species that are currently existing in the country that can be used as keystone species to push for the conservation of these same habitats so this actually leads to a second strand of critique which is a very compelling question that people are asking uh which is why are we putting in so many resources into bringing in an entirely new species from elsewhere when there are so many indigenous species that desperately need our attention right now so reports about reintroduction are showing that very extensive efforts are needed to make the chosen site suitable for relocation so although there aren't any official estimates of the funding right now released by the state older estimates from 2011 say that a minimum of 300 crores will be necessary to invest as funding in addition to personnel resources and other forms of support now this is a huge amount of resources and there are already many charismatic species highly endangered species in india like the ones i mentioned before the great indian bustard the wolf and others like the lesser florican the black buck these are species that really need our attention and hence people are asking why are we putting in the effort to bring in a new species when these species should be the ones getting our attention and uh, also another scientist jagdish krishnaswamy who is working at atri he has pointed out that whatever remaining grasslands we have right now really need to be conserved for the species that are currently inhabiting them like our wolves desert cats foxes harriers these are all species that need scrublands unirrigated deserts basically grasslands these all need to be dedicated to these species right yeah i think all those arguments do make a lot of sense the next question actually that i had for you is what are the chances of this project seeing success but before getting to that i want to pause for a short commercial break 
Hey, welcome back, everyone. So before we pause for the break, we were discussing about India's Cheetah reintroduction plan. And I think Ananya listed out what some of the main arguments against the reintroduction are. And before we go into talking about the chances of this project seeing success, based on what I've read, uh, I've seen that the habitat in which these cheetahs are being brought in is not exactly suitable for the cheetahs at all. So I've seen that uh, leopards can limit the population by killing cheetah cubs. Cheetahs, which are known to be very delicate animals, they try to avoid conflict as much as possible, which is actually one of the reasons why they've developed so much speed over the years will be exposed to sloth bears, striped hyenas and wolves, which they're not actually exposed to in Africa. Also, the designated area in Kuno is not enough for a breeding population. And the prey density, which we have already covered, is poor for the sustainability of cheetahs in this area. So considering all of this, all of what you've already listed in some of these outright issues, what are the chances of this project actually seeing success? Right. So I think you made some really important points. And these are basically all the points that uh, point to the fact that we do not know if the cheetah will actually survive. And actually, it indicates that survival may also be difficult. So like you mentioned, very first point is that this cheetah is an African subspecies which is not evolved to Indian conditions and it is different from the species that used to exist over here. So first of all, the climate is very different. We have much higher rainfall. We also have higher temperatures. The temperatures in our grasslands actually don't go below sub-zero like they do in Africa. And other than the climate, the geography also is quite different because cheetahs, they are known to travel freely over very large distances, up to a thousand square kilometers in a year. And African parks allow for this kind of movements, but Indian parks are actually much smaller and they may not allow for the cheetah to move in the way that it is normally used to doing. Also, while the habitat in Puno is currently suitable on paper. Many scientists are also afraid that it could evolve in time into a dry, scrubby forest, which is actually more suitable for tigers. And due to all these factors, like you mentioned, we do not actually know if the cheetah will be able to find prey and to deal with other predators and adapt to the climate because all of these are very the are processes that happen over a long duration and now they are suddenly being transplanted into a climate and a geography that they are not used to. Building on this, to add more fear, there is also now evidence that tigers from Rajasthan are actually entering into Kuno through a wildlife corridor to escape overcrowding in Rajasthan. And this is actually a very big risk because there's no scientific evidence currently to show that cheetahs, tigers, leopards, all of these can coexist comfortably in the same habitat, right? And uh, third, and perhaps most dishearteningly, uh, we don't actually have a very good track record with tiger relocation, which is something we should be looking at as a reference because it's another big cat that we have tried to relocate many times within the country itself, but it still has proven to be quite difficult. So. For example, in Tariska, tigers have been reintroduced after they went extinct in 2006. But after the reintroduction program, they have actually continued to die or they have not been able to reproduce and set up a self-sustaining population. 
And another example was in 2020, the Tiger Conservation Authority actually had to cancel reintroduction programs in Orissa because the the tigers that were supposed to be reintroduced were kept in very small cages, bad conditions, and just the, the program never happened. So these are all bad track records. We can see even the examples from the gear forests and with other species. Generally, when there has been reintroduction efforts, they have not been very successful. So these are precedents that we should be mindful of and should look to as warning. Right. right. That makes sense. I think it's kind of unfortunate to see that, you know, this whole, like there's a vanity that gets attached to megafauna fascination. And then that just takes over and logic is not even considered anywhere. But if I were to push you a little more and ask you, like, what are the circumstances under which this could have actually worked? Like, if we had to reintroduce cheetahs, what would be the right conditions in which we could have introduced them? Right. Yeah, that is an interesting question. And uh, actually, before the current action plan came out, there were some conservationists who were, you know, a little cautiously optimistic about the potential of doing cheetah reintroduction. So another scientist at ATRI, Abhi Tamim Vanak, he works with grasslands and he actually spoke about how it might be a good opportunity to bring attention to the very sad condition of Indian grasslands right now and the huge range of conservation issues that come along with current grasslands. So the problem is right now that with our Indian grasslands, they are suffering from a lot of population decline due to consistent neglect, both pre- and post-independence. And there have been a lot of government policies that have been followed since independence that have really damaged the grasslands. So there have been things like forced irrigation or planting alien species in these landscapes like Prosopis, Prosopis juriflora, which has actually become very invasive. And uh, eucalyptus plantations, of course. So all of these measures have actually, first of all, they've been done because simply governments and just people have not understood grasslands. They've seen them as wastelands or they've seen them as degraded lands. And in whatever misguided efforts to conserve them, they've actually ended up damaging these ecosystems quite badly. So scientists were optimistic that with the reintroduction of a species like the cheetah, uh, the state would also be pushed into conserving these very important ecosystems. Also, at the same time, another bonus is that grasslands can actually be protected without neglecting local people. So a very consistent issue with forests in past efforts at protecting forests has been that the local communities living within them have been relocated out which has been a very contentious and serious issue. But this doesn't necessarily have to be repeated with grasslands because these habitats can be protected without neglecting them. So research shows that uh, these habitats and the herbivores that live within it, all of these habitats are very small, smaller than forest patches, and they are also patchier. So they are interspersed with farms, villages, where humans live in these areas and they use the grasslands to graze their livestock and for other uses. So legitimizing these grasslands as commons can protect both the livelihoods of the people as well as the animals that inhabit them, like the cheetahs. However, uh, even at this time, these scientists did note that the reintroduction project that's proposed by the government is very focused on protected areas. 
so it will not really address this bigger problem of grassland loss and uh, grassland conservation so uh, to come back to your question if it was to work the government would have needed to you know work with conservationists and scientists of course but have to maintain one strict protocols about like strict protocols to ensure that human injury is reduced to ensure that livestock predation doesn't happen but also more importantly from the cheetah conservation perspective it would have had to identify very carefully the right habitat for the cheetah and be mindful of things like competition with other species or adaptation to climate geography and other factors so with kuno all the challenges i mentioned earlier are uh, currently big roadblocks for the reintroduction program right yeah i think uh, in the beginning of this episode i mentioned that you know today we're going to take the focus away from human beings and talk about cheetahs but clearly human beings are a big part of this and are big stakeholders in this whole project so human beings are never actually out of the picture but yeah i think um on that note we can end the episode here today there's still a lot to cover on this aspect and i think it would be good not to speculate until we see what the results are but at least these are what your predictions are for what the whole cheetah reintroduction could mean to india but let's hope that uh, you know things do work out and conservation management is actually good and uh, we see good results in this process but yeah there are many problems that you listed which are still unaddressed and um, i think it's better to get to those before we actually uh, you know talk about this grandiose project of you know reintroducing cheetahs and making it a global uh, sensation and so on but yeah any last words from you before we end the episode today no i think you've covered everything so we definitely yes it, we do have to wait and see how it pans out but of course in an ideal world we could maybe ideally prevent some of the damages before they happen but given that the action plan is out and events are set in motion that would be difficult now but let's see how things pan out yeah thank you for having me here it was great to be here yeah thank you again for featuring in another episode of all things policy with that we will end the episode here. If you liked our show don't forget to check out other interesting podcasts on the IVM network you can tune into them on the IVM podcast app ivmpodcast.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts you can also follow IVM on social media the handle is at @ivmpodcasts on twitter facebook and instagram and hey If you'd like to dive into Takshashila's research on technology, strategy and economic affairs, check us out at our Twitter handle at takshashilainst or our website takshashila.org.in.